Every time, the intro music always gets them. So here we are again on another episode of On the Delo. I have my good friend, Michelle Claire, in today. Hello, Michelle. Hello, David. I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm excited to have you. You drove all the way from, what, like Gilbert something Gilbert? Yes, it was a good 45-minute drive, but I made it. It's definitely well worth it because this is going to be the highlight of your year. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> and you, But you already know that because you're a medium. So. Exactly. Um, but, so... Okay, let's introduce you to everybody, and and we know what we're gonna you know talk about here is I think a lot of fascinating stuff that um, I know I'm fascinated with. So I hope everybody listening is fascinated. But you call yourself, or maybe people call you, a psychic, a medium, an angel, intuitive, a spiritual coach, an energy healer. Would that be pretty? That's pretty accurate. Pretty yeah. accurate. Yeah. Um, are they all one in the same? Are they all different? Are they all like, how does that work? Yeah, they're all a little bit different, but they kind of come from the same channel. So I say it's kind of like a hose, right? And the, the more of the water flow coming through it, the more we can water, right? The mm. more, the further. So the healing energy, it is part of the same channel. It's just maybe directed and guided a little bit in a different way. The angel communication is the same. Actually, think of this as a frequency or a radio. It's all one radio station playing, right? We have the whole radio. If we want to talk to the angels, we're going to channel 111. We want to talk to Life Guides, channel 103, Mom, channel 100, right? So we're yeah. we're using the this, this same frequency, and then we're fine-tuning it to what exactly we want to hear. That's really cool. Okay, we'll dive into that a little bit more a little bit later. But let's, let's talk about, like, you. Where, where were you born? I was born in Tucson, Arizona. Woo! Tucson. And uh, it's kind of funny because when you walked into the office, you recognized my sister-in-law, who is obviously the sister to my wife. And so you went to high school with both of them, right? I did. Yeah. What a trip. Yeah. And you weren't always a medium like in high school or as a kid or so why don't we talk about your near-death experience or you've had three of them three okay let's let's talk about that because this story is phenomenal okay yeah so you know yes I did not consider myself a medium when my when I was 12 my grandpa passed and I realized we were still communicating and I mentioned that to my mom and my mom just kind of looked at me and said well that's what you think grandpa would say if he was still here and I realized <laughs> like oh nobody else is talking to grandpa like this so at that point in time I just kind of kept it to my Myself. Then in April of 2000, I had my first near-death experience. I was in the hospital in Tucson. My sister-in-law had had a baby. I had a seizure in the hallway. Huh. I remember opening my eyes, and I was laying in this white room. And my head was in my grandma's lap. My grandma had passed a couple years before that. And this walls, these walls were alive, like every cell, every molecule, radiating light and love. They were breathing. They were moving. And as I'm laying there looking up at my beautiful grandma, I notice this 12-foot-tall angel standing next to her. Oh, boy. And I, I was just almost sucked into her. She's all-encompassing. And as, as I looked at her, I remember thinking, what is your name? And she answered me. Her name's Madeline, one of my guardian angels. And I was shocked. I didn't know anything about telepathic communication. I didn't know she was reading my thoughts, anything like that. I remember wanting to see her big feather wings, right? Because huh. I'm expecting these huge feather wings. And as I looked at them, what I realized is they were actually made of light. And they were moving, kind of like the aurora borealis. Right. They were translucent, iridescent. They were absolutely stunning. So so during this, are you talking or is it basically uh, some sort of telecommunication that you feel? Yeah, it's telepathic communication. Wow. And this is April 2020? 
April 2000. Oh, April 2000. Okay, so yeah, a long time ago. Okay, so that was your first near-death experience. Yeah. Yeah, and then what, you recovered and... And then I recovered. I had had a seizure. So actually what happens is when I'm in this timeless, unconditional, loving space, all of a sudden I hear them yelling, code, code, and I'm back in my body. And my body felt so dense, so heavy. My arm felt like it weighed 500 pounds. Wow. Yeah. So then they ad- admitted me to the hospital and they couldn't figure out why I had the seizure. Okay, so that's number one. So, yeah. I mean, at this point, are you just kind of like, okay, cool, saw an angel, you know, maybe I just was, you know, whatever, knocked out because I had a seizure. I mean, you're not thinking like, all, you know, you're going to get into mediumship and, and all that stuff, Absolutely right? Absolutely not. And yeah. I didn't even have the term near-death experience, so I knew I had an experience, yeah. but I would never have said, oh, I had a near-death experience. Right, right. Okay, so now what's number two? Yeah, number two happens in actually May of 2006, okay. so about six years later, and I had had a lot of complications after I had my son, so they said, hey, come in, to, we, we need you in the hospital. So about four out of six weeks after I had him, I was in the hospital. They decided to do a DNC, which is just where they clear out the uterus. Yeah. 45-minute outpatient procedure, piece of cake, you'll be fine, we'll send you home, everything will be good. So the night before, I had this rock in my stomach. I just knew I should not do this, but hey, they offered me a quick fix, and I was tired of being sick, right? Yeah. So I went in. Um, I'd had anesthesia before, and I remember when I've had it, it was just a blank. It was just, a you know, there's nothing. Not dreaming, not good, not right. bad, just nothing. Right. I remember counting backwards for the anesthesiologist, and then the next thing I know, I'm in the operating room, and this my dog, who had passed a couple years before, my 102-pound white German shepherd, yeah. comes walking into the operating room, <laughs> lays her head on my gurney, and we're gone. Wow. And we are on this phenomenal beach. Really? Once again unconditional love, timelessness, everything was radiating light and love. Every drop of water, every molecule, every flower, every leaf, there were colors that we don't see here. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. And she and I are communicating telepathically once again. And she looks like she's about two years old, very healthy, young. Her coat is shining. She's so happy I'm there. Was she like, give me a treat? No, we were running on the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I forgot to bring her snossages. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so you're running on the beach with your dog. Yeah, we're running on the beach. And I really realized there's just each moment and each breath and and that they're so very present. And then all of a sudden, I become aware that my son, who was six weeks old now and at home with my mom, is calling to me. And he's scared because I'm getting ready to leave him. So he knew I was getting ready to transition. So all of a sudden, I'm brought exactly to where he is. Mm. And I said to him, I'm not going to leave you. I'll find a way to stay. I start praying. I start asking for help. And it's not my time. My kids still need me. The next thing I know, I'm back in the operating room. Jesus comes in. It lights up with this beautiful white golden light. And then I'm waking up in post-op and my 45 minute procedure turned into a three and a half hour emergency surgery because they had ruptured my uterus in two places and missed my aorta by a millimeter. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you're okay now. And I'm okay now. Hey, listen, the easy part's dying. The hard part's the physical recovery afterwards. I me. guess you're right. Yeah. So so you have your dog, you have Jesus, you have all this great stuff that's, you know, somewhere else that most people probably listen to this are going, what in the heck, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, so that's 2006. Right. 
And you're still not a medium, right? Right. I'm still not a medium. Yeah. yeah. So you're just kind of doing your everyday life. You have three kids, I right? I have three kids. Yeah. yeah. Just being a mom, doing your thing. Yeah. And, and I mean, was there a career path before this? Did you? No, actually, I mean, I, I did work before that, but I, once I started having my kids, I just wanted to be at home. Yeah. With them. Which, so. which is a full-time job. It was. Yeah. Ask my <laughs> exactly. wife. And she only has two. Well, three, including me. Right. Um, okay. And so then the next incident was, weren't you on, uh, top of a counter or something and you fell? Something like that. Yes. So for people who like numbers on 11-111, November 1st, 2011, I have 14-foot ceilings in my house and I was up on top of a ladder about 12 feet off the ground. I have battery-operated candles and these candles um, every night light up and glow and all of this beautiful stuff, right? Yeah. So my younger two kids were home and I said to them, hey, I'm going to you know, replace the batteries and then we're going to go pick up your sister. As I got to the top of the ladder, I felt it start to shift. And I literally thought, this is going to hurt. Like, I knew it was going down. And in that moment, I was ripped out of my body, not in a painful way, but in a fast way. Turned around, facing my body and the ladder suspended in the air, Uh standing with three people that I didn't know. um, An Egyptian woman, an Asian man, and a Hawaiian man. And yet I felt like I had known these people all of my life. Right. And as I was watching my body in the ladder, they said to me, what do you want to do? Do you want to stay or do you want to go? And I was trying to comprehend how I had forever to make this decision, right? Because in my mind, I'm saying my body's going to hit the floor in less than a second. They weren't rushing me. I was in this timeless space again, this blissful love. And as I was looking at my body in the ladder, I saw this beautiful angel come in. And the angel was different than the one in my first one, dressed in red and gold. And as soon as I saw this angel... I knew I was either they were either going to take me home or make something happen so that I could stay. Right, right. Yeah. And, and and so what's that feeling like? Why is that decision so tough at that point? Why do you think? Um, you know, because it, I was actually when you're in a place with so much love, and yeah. it feels so good. And that's my point. Yeah, like, you're kind of like, like well, I'll just go. My kids will be fine. They'll eventually exactly. be here. So why was that so tough for you at that well, point? Well, because actually, when I saw my kids, I had this knowing because that is what made me stay. I saw my two younger kids in the kitchen, and I was like, oh, they still need me. Yeah. And as soon as I knew that, I made that decision and I was downloaded with a bunch of information, which was like, hey, Michelle, okay, that's great. You can stay, but we expect you to work as a medium now. Okay. So that was the deal. Yeah. And it was really, I mean, there was more information that came through too. They told me my marriage probably wouldn't survive it. They were right about that too, you know, but, but it was really kind of this, like, you know, it's crazy because the pivotal moment in my life was when time was standing still and there were, were no moments. Yeah. And do you feel, based on your knowledge, you know, moving forward and now and and talking about that subject, do you feel people can make time um, stand still in this dimension through, you know, methods of meditation or other things? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's very cool. So. Okay, does somebody have it out for you? I mean, three near deaths? <laughs> Seriously, like who? I, I, who is, is it? Has anybody listening ever had one near death, or you know, or, or you, maybe people don't even know half the time, you know, when it does happen. So, you, um, so what was the accident? What had happened? You fell from the ladder. Right. So I fall from the ladder. I hit the back of my head on the corner of my granite <sighs> island. So I had a five and a half inch skull fracture. I had a brain bleed. I lost my taste, my smell, my hearing, my equilibrium. Um, but I survived the fall by literally half an inch. I missed my brainstem by half an inch, which was all it took for the angel to make the difference. 
an ambulance call, the whole night, like... Yep. And so, here comes the yeah. good part. Ready? Yeah. It's better. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it really does get better. Please. <laughs> so, I, um, yeah, so my, my kids end up calling the ambulance, right? I go to the hospital. I'm there for, you know, 10 days and come home. I've got a lot of recovery that I have to do. So the end of December 2012, my son Josh, who was five at the time, started feeling depressed because he had tried to call 911 and his call had not gone through. And we would say, hey, but you helped, you helped, you opened the door, the policeman came in, you know, we were trying to build him up. We really could not get him to shift the corner on that. He was feeling down on himself. Yeah. So the end of January, my grandfather, who passed away when I was 12, came through to me in the biggest visit ever. And he literally talked to me about my accident, my head injury, my son, who has never walked the earth at the same time as him. He told me, hey, he's really good with electronics. You should get the 911 recording. There's something on there you should know. I didn't even know I could get a 911 recording. Yeah, wow. So I go down and I order it. It takes a couple of weeks to come in. And as I put it in, I hear that I hear Josh, the I hear them say, 911, what's your emergency? And he says in his little broken voice, Sophie, what do I say? And then he laid the phone down. He had called immediately. Yeah. And so close to the trauma that he had actually forgotten that he had called. Oh. So for a minute and a half, they try to get his attention. And then you hear him say, well, I'm going to go push the panic button on the house alarm. And yeah. Sophie says, hold on, let me try calling. And she calls and her call goes through. Okay. And that, so they both called. They both called, yeah. And they both had help coming. So when he came home from kindergarten that day, I told him, I said, huh. Josh, help was coming. Your call went through. And it was like I lifted this 5,000 pound weight off this little boy. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. Wow. And all of that. So that is my first huge, huge, huge mediumship visit. And at that moment, I get the gravity of it. Oh, wow. This is big. This is life changing. And it couldn't have changed someone's life that I love more. And and and, and, and now you have you have this, um, how do I say this gift that you know that you have and you want to utilize it for good and to, and to help others. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you recover from that. Um, how long does it take to you to get out of the hospital and recover and all that? Yeah, I was home in about 10 days, but I did a lot of therapies. I'm still in cranial sacral therapy. Yeah. So, I mean, and this has been 11 years now. So right, right. It's a, it's a long recovery process. It would it took me probably about a year okay. to really actually um, feel pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the, yeah, for the, to get back to 80%, we'll say, yeah. right? And then, you know, um, as far as the mediumship part, I was really um, a little bit hesitant, actually, to completely embrace that because I knew it would cause me to lose family, friends. Right. Um, and, and so that was a struggle for me. Well, uh, look, <laughs> for those listening um, and not watching, I mean... <laughs> Michelle's as normal as they get. Like you, you would never like be walking in a store and be like, Oh, it's, you know, it's not like it's uh, miss Cleo with, you know, shit all over and, you know, <laughs> just kind of promoting all this stuff. And it, it's, it's really intriguing and interesting to me because uh, did, did you ever have any like um, analysis or perspective of what mediums were or, you know, psychics or anything before you kind of had figured out you wanted to go into this? You know, I was always interested in John Edwards. I don't know if you remember him. He had a show. He was the first one that I really became aware of. Yeah. Um, but I still would have never thought that I identified as a medium. You right. know what I mean? Or that it was something that I was going to do. What really happened in that near death experience is it was just made so clear. This is life changing and people 
people can be helped by it. Yeah, yeah. And so in, in a way, you know, for people that may or may not believe or not understand or this and that, and I'm sure you hear and, and get a lot of that. And I'm sure just, um, and we'll talk about a couple other things I'll, I'll bring up, but um, it's like counseling. Yeah, it can feel like it at times. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but the good news is I'm not the counselor. Your loved ones in spirit, your life guides, and your angels are the ones that are giving me the messages for you. So it's really what I do is I connect with someone's spirit team yeah. because we all have a spirit team. And I say, okay, what does your loved one need to hear? So my job is just to listen and relay the message to you. And is everybody's spirit team kind of kind of different? Because don't people all have like different types of beliefs? And I mean, we can't really pinpoint like if somebody is wrong in their beliefs or right or this and that. There's different religions. There's different ways of looking at things. I mean, do, do you experience that a lot when you're downloading spirit teams? Yeah, absolutely. Because the spirit team that we choose, and I want to say we actually choose them before we incarnate into this body. When you're in spirit form, before you choose to come in and be David, you say, hey, I want you as a life guide, you as a life guide, you as an angel and you pick your team, right? Game on, headed to planet Earth. And so with that being said, depending on the life we're going to choose, we have different life guides and different angels that come in and support us. And also, we usually have some main ones, but we will also have ones that rotate in and rotate out on your team as you move through life. So let's say you're starting a business. Maybe you're going to have an amazing life guide who specializes in starting businesses come in and join your team to help you get it up and running. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, And do most people that you feel that you see, do they listen to the... Do they, you know, not not to you, but do they listen to maybe the downloads that they they might be getting, but are kind of in doubt of what those downloads are? Yeah, I think a lot of times people are absolutely getting their own information. Yeah, and then they just uh, a lot of times they'll come to me and 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 I'll be like, I, I didn't tell you anything you didn't know. I just confirmed what you already did. So you have the ability really to have those pathways open and you hear it like very clearly, like it's somebody's grandfather or grandmother going, hey, tell little Betty over here that, you know, if you see, like you had told me, you know, my grandfather was like, yeah, if you see a penny, you know, out on the out on the street, that's me thinking of him, you know, those sorts of things. Whereas other people may not have um, or have not been able to open up those, those pathways of communication. Right. And we all do have them. I compare it to like math. So not everyone's going to be a physicist, but people will do basic math. People will do better, you know, and, and so that's kind of what it is. It's something that we can all grow. Yeah. That's really cool. So what is a, what is a meeting like with you? Like what can people expect if they come in and they say, you know what? I, I want to, you know, I want to try this out. I'm not sure about it, you know, kind of weird, kind of, you know, out of my, but they're like, they want to give it a shot. So when they come and they see you, what can they expect? Yeah. So, um, well, listen, in most readings, I'll get information from angels, loved ones, life guides, and some psychic information. So normally if you come in, there's going to be a little bit of all of that that comes in for you because this is like a radio frequency and we can guide and direct it. If you say, Hey, I just want to talk to my angels about my business today. We can really hone in and tune into that. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of depends. Are they coming in with specific intentions? I miss mom. I got to talk to mom. Right. Or are they coming in very open in general? We kind of make a triangle of energy. So it's me, the sitter and spirit. So think of it as a flow. So the more open someone is, it's okay if you're a little nervous or you're a little skeptical, but just be open minded. Right. Like, well, let's see what happens here. Right. Then that's really when the energy flows and it takes us to an easier place of information and probably more things will 
come through. And you're a very open book and, and very good about answering questions. And, you know, I, I've done a few sessions with you as well, a handful, uh, especially on my birthday, because I feel it's like a rejuvenation, rejuvenation of me having another uh, year on this earth and a celebration in that sense. And I like to talk to you and see what my guides are saying. And, and I absolutely love it. And we record it. And it's funny, I can go back two years ago to the recordings of what is going to happen and it happened the stuff happens I like love it. what you would say yeah and that's that's really intriguing to me um still is <laughs> that's why i you know i i just i think all this stuff is just so phenomenal but One of the things that I want to do is to be able to open up my pathways. But like you said, you know, I suck at math and I suck at playing guitar. But I guess that's why sometimes you have a a guitar teacher and you have a calculator, right? Right. You know, so maybe the more (laughs) meditation and the more stuff that I do will will help me open those pathways. Absolutely. And sometimes I, I do feel like some of that stuff downloads. But I think when people have those dreams or those visions or those things, they just they write them off as dreams, as just something that comes through, and and they don't write it off as communication. Exactly. And spirit is always communicating to us like a million times a day. It's actually very natural. Our soul has built in many, many, many moments throughout the day where we get that communication from our higher selves, from our spirit team, from God, source, whatever words you want to use. Right. Yeah. And so it might be the song on the radio. It might be the license plate on the car. It might be something a stranger said to you in passing. Mm. It might be words on a billboard. It might be on and on and on. So we always want it to be like this big boom pow moment, like, oh, wow, that was my message. Yeah, we get those once in a while, but a lot of times the message is constant and it comes more in a whisper form, but you'll find it in different sources. Okay. So that's really cool. So here's the added value of this podcast. And this is the question I'm going to ask. And I know a lot of people are going to want this answer. When you're talking to, to spirit or spirits or angels or all this sort of stuff, Tell me how much bullshit is invested in the physical body. <laughs> Seriously, why why are people worried about their lips and their abs and their <laughs> hair extensions and all this other crap that makes them happy here in the physical? Why are we doing this? Well, listen, we come to earth to have the physical experience and there's no better place to learn than by the contrast of planet <laughs> earth. We, we are in the leading edge school of life right yeah. here. Okay. Throughout the universe. So, you know, yeah, for some people it's BS, but for other people, their soul's like, Hey, what's it like to have a body? Hey, I might like a little bigger lips. I might like a little bigger, butt. whatever it is. Yeah. Right. So actually spirit isn't worried about that stuff at all. Spirit says, are you happy? That's all spirit cares about. Do you love your hair extensions? Do you love your Botox? Do you love whatever? Do you love spirits really more invested in the well-being of your energy overall okay. than if you have implants or a facelift? Right. Okay. Oh, I, I like that spirit. That's pretty cool. What, what, what about the aspect that we have many different cultures, many different people, many different initiatives, but there just seems to be, you know, when you look at, um, when you look online and you look at certain things that most people are kind of, you know, engulfing or consuming right now, why, why does there seem to be not this one love or one energy that I know exists? You know, what's mm-hmm. your perspective on that? Well, I mean, here's the thing. We come from the oneness and we're returning to the oneness. 
So it's wonderful if on planet Earth we can realize we are all one. We are one human race, right? And we can bring it in in that form. That would be phenomenal. However, we don't want to devalue the contrast that we get to experience here. Because, look, if your soul didn't manifest this body for you, I actually wouldn't be able to see you. The contrast is allowing me to Mm. see you right now. So contrast isn't, you know, I think it kind of gets a bad rap. It's not necessarily a bad thing. I can see David has brown eyes, brown hair, your T-shirt. I can see you because of the contrast. Right. So the oneness and the fact of, yes, we're one human race. We need to treat each other with respect and kindness, love, compassion. Beautiful. But the contrast gives us things to learn that we can't learn. Yeah. Okay. I like that. That's a good answer. Let's talk about your clientele. Like, what are the types of people that come and see you? Are they all over the spectrum? They are all over the spectrum. I love it. I have the best job. It's not even a job. It's a passion. And I get to connect with the most amazing people. Everything. I mean, I have literally everyone. Um, And they come for different reasons, right? I have parents who've lost kids or people who've lost loved ones. I have people who are more interested in the psychic. Who I have people who want me to do um, intuitive medical health scans on them. So there's a bunch to different reasons why someone would contact me. Yeah, that's um, that's interesting to know that, you know, if you're out there and you're just open to it, what do you have to lose? You know, mm-hmm. seriously, what's the difference between uh, talking to somebody like you or going to a quote unquote therapist that may not be downloading, you know, the things that you're able to download and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. What Are there any... Uh, situations or unique conversations or, or downloads or things that you've had that you can you can share, obviously not the person, but just in like some crazy stuff in a session that you had that, you know, you got some input on, you know, on the back end and just like, wow. Well, you know, one of my favorites that I like to talk about was I was reading for this lady. She's an RN. Her mom was in hospice. Um, she has seven or eight kids and she literally had no time for herself, right? She was getting run into the ground. And as I was reading for her Mother Teresa came in. And I was I said to her, I said, I have Mother Teresa here. And she said, well, I worked with her in Calcutta. And I'm like, get out. Like, <laughs> that's pretty awesome, right? And Mother Teresa came in and said to her, I never lost myself in service to anyone else. If I had lost myself, I wouldn't have been able to serve. Mm. That's huge, especially for women, I think, because women are really raised to believe if you're not serving someone, what's your value? What's your purpose? Right. You know, all of this. Here's the thing. Our souls come here to serve our purpose first. And by doing that is how we serve others. So me being a medium, serving my soul's purpose is actually how I serve others. If I chose not to serve myself, I wouldn't be able to serve others. I say that all the time. It's like, if you can't take care of yourself and, and, and maintain that relationship within yourself, you know, physically, mentally, all those sorts of things, then you're useless for everybody else. Right. Yeah. And you're not living your best life in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, is there, are are there events and mediums and psychics and and stuff like that, that you like to, to work with and, and things that you, you know, you go and do on a bigger scale? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we have a couple psychic fairs here in the Phoenix area that I like to work at. I do things online. I've done a couple um, summits with the Shift Network and so different like, you know, online things right now. That was one benefit of COVID yeah. is that now you can reach people around the world very right. easily. Right. And and you can do this whether somebody's on a, a Zoom call or in person, right? Oh, yeah. I have clients in England, Australia, all over the world. And, and they ju- and they just kind of get on on the, the video and you just kind of look at them. And you're like, okay, so-and-so's here and this and that because you're just able to see 
based on their frequency? Well, actually, because when we're in spirit, we're not, we don't have to be in one place at a time. Mm. Our human body keeps us stuck in one location at a time. So their loved one in spirit, their, their team, um, can be sitting there in England with them and here in Phoenix, Arizona with me and giving me the same information. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Uh, is there anybody in here right now? <laughs> Hi, Grandma. <laughs> uh, of course. Of course. Um, th- th- this is kind of a uh, not silly but serious question. The aspect: D- Do you find in your industry that there's there might be like a, a blacklist of people that are doing what you're doing and not authentic about you know how they're doing it? Yeah, I think that's the biggest challenge of what I do. Yeah. Because it's almost like you have to dig out of a hole to get to an even playing field. That's one of the reasons I became a sort medium because I wanted to show like, look, I have been vetted. I've been tested. I'm in a different category. That doesn't mean everyone who hasn't been certified isn't real. But listen, there's a lot of reasons why people have maybe not the greatest idea. Yeah. How does one get certified? Just Yeah. So um, what I did was um, I went through find a certified medium. It's a website. So yeah. you can go on there. That I think they have 50 mediums on there now. Um, but basically we do five blind Skype readings. So they just tell you, hey, at 11 a.m. on Wednesday, log on to Skype. And you log on and you just start saying, okay, I have a younger boy. He died of a head injury. And you start giving them all the information you're getting. And they're marking it down. And so then they score you at the end. No kidding. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's real shit right there. It's like, real. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, how do you make you, how do you make that? You don't make that up. No, you, you either download or you don't. Yeah. yeah. Because of, <laughs> because you don't even know who's going to be sitting there where you in the world they are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if somebody's going to see you, I mean, by all means, don't give you any information, you know? Yeah. Like there's no need to give you the Facebook handle or any of that other, you know, stuff. You don't need any of that. You don't want any of it. Yeah. It'll come through. It just comes through. That's awesome. Um, very cool. Okay, I have some rapid-fire questions for you. Are, okay. you. are you excited about these? I'm so excited. Okay, these are fun. <laughs> um, bacon or eggs? Bacon. Oh, okay. Um, what do angels look like? Ooh, what do you want them to look like? They're mm-hmm. going to appear to you in the way that you're most comfortable seeing them. Okay, excellent. My, I wonder, mine would look like probably my dogs. I was going to say Yoda. Or Yoda. <laughs> yeah, Yoda works. Um <laughs> I think I think we tapped on this in, in the podcast, but I, you know, I, I wanted to. Add, are physical objects real? Like these things that we have right here, are they really real? Are they all one and together? I mean, like once we go and we fade off, I mean, is it, are these stuff just placeholders? Um, well, they're placeholders, but they are real. Placeholders yeah. are real. They're real in this reality. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of realities. There's aren't there? a lot of realities. Well, look at just planet Earth. We have 7.5 billion realities on one planet because every person has their own reality. Has their own reality. Interesting. Um, uh, okay, uh, Bigfoot or aliens? Oh gosh, why do I have to choose? You don't have to. I like both. You like both. <laughs> I had to play that one for this one. Uh, dogs or lizards? Dogs. Yeah. Metallica or ACDC? Ooh, ACDC. Okay. You have a favorite ACDC song? I don't know. It's hard to choose. Yeah? All right. Um, (laughs) Would you rather go to space or dive in deep ocean water? Mm, Dive deep. Really? Yeah. Go see some mermaids. Okay. All right. Mermaids. You hear that? (laughs) Mermaids. Uh, Would you rather go to the gym show or an outlet mall? 
Oh, outlet mall. <laughs> <laughs> you you, ha you do have a little fashion-esque to you, so I thought that might be a hard one. It is a hard one. I like my gyms. I mean, you know, but I like my outlet malls, too. Yeah, I guess that's a question. When you see, like, all these mediums and psychics and people with, like, all these, like, stones and rocks and, and, and all that sort of stuff, what, what is the symbolism on that? Yeah, well, so everything, even including your bottle of water, has energy on it. Okay. Right? So Very whether cool. it's a, a bottle of water, a rock, a crystal, whatever it is, there are certain energy frequencies some people really tune into those and feel like they help enhance them I would say this in your energy field all of those vibrations are already there so if you want to tap into the energy of an amethyst it's in your energy field just kind of direct your attention to it hey channel 113 or whatever right yeah so think about that radio and that frequency um you know, I like crystals. I don't. I don't use tools like that. I. I yeah. They're already in my energy field. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, where can people find you socially? And I'll and I'll have all this in, in show notes. But if they want to book you, I know you have a website and you're active on Instagram. Obviously, you get a lot of fake Instagrams out there oh too. So we'll make sure we'll put the right one in yes, there. Yes. Thank yeah. you. I always get friended by Michelle Claire. You know, <laughs> underscore hyphen. You know, this that. Right. I'm like, wait, we're already friends. What the heck? Yeah. Three R's in the last yeah. name or something. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And that's what we were talking about. Credentials. Credentials. Yeah. Hundred yeah, percent. Exactly. Yeah. And for the record, no valid psychic or media. We'll be reaching out to anyone on Instagram to offer a reading for $200 or whatever they're saying. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, okay, so, so your website? My website, michelleclarecclare.net. And that's the easiest place to find me. You'll okay. find links to my social media. You'll find upcoming events in person, online, and all that good stuff. Nice. And then uh, find her on Instagram, too. And uh, I'll, I'll put that in the, in the show notes for everybody. But uh, all right, well, this has been fun. Thank you for coming all this way. Did you have fun today? I had a great time. But Thank you already you knew you were going to have a good time, uh, didn't you? Of course. You? Yeah. I'm psychic. I wouldn't have come Boom. if I thought it wasn't going to be good. Hold on. Where's my, where's my, uh, uh, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Thank you everybody for listening. I hope you en enjoyed this one. I know it's a, a little bit off the rails from what I normally do, but I'm really into this. And I think, uh, I think anybody listening and, and if you see Michelle online, um, I would certainly hit her up. I mean, it's just, it's so much fun and she's given me a lot of uh, great value within my life as well. So, um, thanks for listening to on the DLO. Please subscribe, follow me on Instagram. We are sponsored by myself because uh, that's just what I like to do. Or maybe Purely Sedona if you're watching. I just <laughs> like that water. But um, yeah, thank you again. Uh, leave us a five star and please share. And that's it. Peace out.